Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. Once again, we're back and another crazy, crazy week in sports. I mean, you got to look at the different things that have popped up. And, and mind you, none of what I'm going to talk about has anything to do with like on the floor or on the field. It's everything outside of that. Uh, let me explain. We had the ESPYs, you know, we had these, uh, uh, the great stories that come from it, uh, obviously the speeches and, and you know, the big, the big, I, look, I'm going to put it out there. Peyton Manning did an amazing job. Considering the fact that he is, you know, an athlete and it, they really don't have a lot of athletes that, you know, host, you know, different things. And, and John Cena hosted the year before, did a great job, but John Cena's looked at more as an entertainer as he joked about you know, in his own monologue, talk about Peyton Manning. And uh, I thought Peyton did a great job. Obviously, he's getting all the attention for one joke in particular. And for those that were living under a rock, I'm going to play this a little later in my sounds uh, segment. But the ultimate joke he had on uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, obviously, just won the championship with the Golden State Warriors and you know, he's had all the criticism in the world for leaving Russell Westbrook and uh, Oklahoma City. Well, Peyton Manning put it on blast, and I'm going to play it later for everybody that hasn't heard it yet. It's, uh, in my opinion, one of the best one-liners you can do on live television. So, kudos to Peyton Manning on that. But that's not even the, the, the tip of the iceberg as to what has gone on in the world of sports. Uh, let me just... Throw this one out here. This one is is really new. OJ Simpson to be released from jail soon. Let me let me repeat that. So I just want to give a little dramatic effect and let that sink in. OJ Simpson, the man that they did the whole FX miniseries on. They had the uh, 30 for 30 on. He is to be released from prison. They're going to let OJ out. Like, it, this is not a drill. And, and you know, everybody that's been living under a rock again, you know, the whole OJ story in terms of what happened back in 94, he was pretty, you know, he's found innocent, Johnny Cochran, you know, if the glove doesn't fit, you must have quit, all that stuff. It's, it's interesting that he's going to be released. And this is from stealing back his own, uh, his own memorabilia from, a, uh, I think it was a museum in uh, in Vegas. It's it's amazing how where we were just you know we were reintroduced, or not even you know for the people that are too young to remember what happened with OJ. Like I know for one, I remember it just because of the whole uh, '94 Finals, Knicks and the Rockets. They had the, the split screen between you can watch the game or watch the Bronco chase. And when I say Bronco chase, it's uh, O.J. Simpson, the white Bronco driving. Uh, it, it's like I remember that as a kid. But for everybody that was like too young to really understand the significance of that case and what O.J. Simpson meant to society, it's so ironic that a year later, after 2016 was filled with OJ documentaries, OJ miniseries, you know, it, it won awards everywhere. Let's be honest, what Academy Awards, Emmys, you name it, it won. And now the biggest win, if you're an OJ Simpson person, and I don't know if there are many OJ Simpson fans out there, but he's the big winner because he's getting he's gonna be let out. And I just have to sit back and wonder, like, what does OJ do once he's uh, officially out now? He's got all the big buzz again. I mean, I just, it, we're in a new world where people crave this stuff. Like, who's to say that he won't get his own reality show? I mean, would you want to see OJ Simpson the reality show? I'm not going to lie, I kind of want to see it. Put on VH1, put on Bravo, I don't know. Throw him in it with the housewives. It'd be awesome. I'm I'm all for it. The juice on the loose. We could just make it his own miniseries. I don't know. 
man, it's like O.J. Simpson. It, it just, it boggles your mind because he's become that urban legend. Like, when you hear that name, everyone goes, they have to give you that reaction of, ooh. I mean, most people feel like he did it, whether you're black or white. And, you know, that was the whole big racial divide back in the uh, mid-90s. As if, well, there's still a racial divide now, but in regards to this case. Whether or not OJ did it, it's still one of those things people are going to talk about forever. Now, OJ to be released, that is a huge deal. I just can't, you know, I can't really try to put that into some type of perspective for those that don't understand. He meant, he meant so much to American pop culture, uh, American sports, during his playing career and then afterwards. I mean, the guy was in the naked gun. He was, um, you know, acting. He was a sports analyst. After his, this is all stuff after his playing career. And he didn't consider himself, you know, his whole quote was, oh, I'm not a black man, I'm OJ. That was his whole, like, mantra, his whole thing. But, you know, when it came down to the court of law, he was, oh, he was a black man then. And he was, you know, they, they fought hard for the case then. And I, I just think it's so interesting that we we live in a time now where race is so important and just social activism and people having their voices really uh, taken into account of what's going on because it's not just, oh, okay, this happened and that's the end of it. Now, if something happens, you're going to hear everything about it. And I bring that because I'm trying to transition that situation. O.J. Simpson, great football player, all these things, all the different race um, complications that go along with it. Transition that into today with Colin Kaepernick. He's in the news for not even doing anything. Still doesn't have a football team yet, which is a crime in my opinion. The guy's a more than capable quarterback in the NFL, if not a starter, definitely a backup. And it's assumed that he's being blacklisted by the NFL, the owners, they don't want anything to do with him. They just feel like it'll be more of a circus again as his uh, last year with the San Francisco 49ers. But he's in the news again because of what Michael Vick, Michael Vick, a former NFL player, and I want to go deep into this a little bit later in the show, but Michael Vick decided he was going to be a, a, a special guest on the Fox Sports um, Fox Sports One show uh, called "Speak for Yourself" with uh, Jason Whitlock and uh, Colin Coward, and, and you know what? It's it's such an interesting thing that he goes so into depth about what Colin Kaepernick needs to do to win back the NFL's trust. It's like this is the same man that was in jail. For fighting dogs, like for dog fights. Let's let's be let's put this out there again. This is the same man that's criticizing Colin Kaepernick and he was leading dog fights. I'm still mind is mind boggling as that is. Michael Vick was trying, I guess, to make this this positive statement about how Kaepernick could get back into the league. He talks about getting a haircut. A haircut is going to make him more acceptable to to play in the NFL again. It's just things like that. It just It just gets people scratching their heads. And don't get me wrong. I, I see Vic is trying to take the high road in regards to being the mature guy, saying that I've been through it, don't go through my path. But you cannot compare what you did to what Kaepernick didn't even do. Let's be honest. Kaepernick did not harm anybody he didn't harm any animals or anything like that he, he just simply did something to bring attention to a situation that is huge within the community it was a silent protest and people are upset because it caught on 
Now, last season, I spoke deeply about this, what was going on, the Kaepernick and the flag. And I, I just look at it now, the fact that he still has not been signed by an NFL team. And the fact that Michael Vick, a, a former NFL quarterback who had his own troubles, is is pretty much adding more fuel to that fire of him being um, this disruption. I, I just think it's incredible, like, how this could happen. And I know Vic tried to go on Instagram and say he's sorry in a, in a very uh, politically correct way, if that's the case. But come on, Mike. You just, it's certain things you stay away from. If you don't have the right answer or you feel like the more positive answer, just don't say anything at all. I don't think anybody's going to kill you for just maybe just not going that deep into it. Just saying, you know what? Maybe I don't have the most educated answer in regards to this situation. Maybe I need to take a step back and just talk about what I know. Let me just talk about him as the football player. I, you know, we can go to Jason Whitlock and they say, oh, maybe Jason Whitlock let him on to say these things. Look, I'm not the biggest Whitlock guy. I don't have anything against the guy, but I, I hear a lot of criticism that he gets. But Vic is a grown man. You had to have some type of idea that not only was it going to be backlash on you, but just even Kaepernick, because you're you're kind of co-signing the NFL for not bringing him, you know, not embracing him. You're basically telling the, the teams out there that hey, you're doing the right thing by not hiring, not hiring him, not you know, signing him to a contract because he's still a thug, he's this, he's that, all because he doesn't have a haircut, because he wears an afro. That's that's the message you got across there, Mike. And as a guy, you know, I grew up a Michael Vick fan with the Falcons, probably one of the more exciting players I've ever seen. You know, I was always rooting for him even after the whole dog situation. We played with the Jets, the Eagles, even that little time with the Steelers that people will forget. I just thought a guy that's been through so much as he has could find better words and use the platform that he was on to promote positivity. You don't want to keep beating a dead horse. And that's what you did. You beat a dead horse. You, you found something else to nitpick to add to why this man should not be playing in the NFL. Now, granted, I don't think you were malicious in anything you were saying. But you just have to be smart and know that your opinion matters big time. Big time. And you kind of let, you let a lot of people down there, man. And, you know, I, I do hope for Vic that it doesn't follow him around in regards to the community because that is a big deal. I don't know how him and Kaepernick have to come to some agreement. Maybe Kaepernick, he'll try to reach out to him. I, I don't know. But it's funny, like, you know, we say, I just had the whole thing about OJ, and we go still into the race and in America and just, you know, the fear that many people say of not only, uh, you know, certain athletes being uh, being socially active, whether it is a race thing, is there a fear of a black man? Like, these are, these are real, real things out here. And it just proves that, hey, like sports, it's, it is sports at the end of the day, but you, you still got to remember these are people, people that have to live lives that are public figures because of their talents. And they have to understand that there's a responsibility that comes with it. And it, it's just amazing to me that we could still be here in 2017 and we're still not sure how we feel about O.J. Simpson. And people are still not sure how to feel about Colin Kaepernick. And when you really look at it, they are two sides fighting for their own beliefs as well as the beliefs of many followers because O.J., in my opinion, stood for more of the you know, I'm a black man, but I'm going to live like me. I'm just going to be OJ, and I don't care if I'm perceived as maybe I'm just like 
only good for white people or anything like that. Because that was this whole drama back in his uh, his analyst days and movie days. And you got Kaepernick who is pro-black in terms of everything that he, he pushes. But yet they're both looked at in the, the wide view as the enemy. So I, I say this because I don't know which one's the right answer for people to really put in perspective because I look at Kaepernick and I say, man, this guy, he's trying to be a leader. He wants to, to make change. He wants great things to happen in regards to the, the law enforcement and the understanding of the community back and forth. But yet he's hated by the way he brings attention to it. And then you have OJ, who we knew was more about himself, more about, oh, you know, integration and and just embracing like he's, I guess you want to call it white culture. Remember, his wife was white as well. And then the whole murder happens and how everything flipped from him being this American hero to this villain even though he was found innocent. But does anybody truly believe if he was innocent? See, like, these are all storylines that have one common, uh, one common thing, and that's, that's race. You know, and I, I really wanted to take the time to just to dwell on that a little bit. It's, uh, it's really an interesting couple of days that we are talking about this. It's amazing. Also on today's show, I'm going to, you know, I was, uh, I had the fortunate opportunity to go to the basketball tournament, the, uh, the Super 16, because it was 16 teams remaining, and it's, bas- it's basically a tournament where the winning team gets to split $2 million amongst themselves. And it's been going on for the uh, last couple of summers, and I got to admit, it's very entertaining. Um, you know, you have teams that are made up of former college players and got a lot of guys that didn't really make the NBA or maybe stayed for a couple of years, but nothing really heavy. Uh, I, I saw w- one team uh, the other day, well, actually, I'm sorry, yesterday, and they really just... Uh, were a bunch of guys that played for Syracuse. They call themselves the um, the uh, Bayheim Army, Bayheim's Army. Obviously, uh, that is for Jim Bayheim. For anybody that doesn't know who he is, he's the legendary head coach for the Syracuse Orange. And looking at the way they set the teams up, there was a lot of you know familiar faces there. And I even saw Tyshawn Taylor, the guy who was a draft pick of the Brooklyn Nets. He's playing for a team. Managed by the Morris Twins. And uh, I'm going to have some uh, footage of it on the website or keepitarealsports.com. So stay tuned for that. But it's uh, it was interesting. It was in uh, Brooklyn. And, you know, uh, thank you to Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, you know, for obviously the media pass to go and uh, experience it. It was um, it was fun. It was very, very entertaining. These are guys that have been down their luck throughout their careers. And. You could tell how hard they are playing, and they probably don't have, they don't play basketball on the regular. They have day jobs now, and they put on a show. I have to admit it, great teams, and, um, you know, I'm going to play some of the audio of just these, the sounds and just, just some of the things that went on during the, during the game. So it was two games they played. They're playing some more games throughout the weekend, but I'm just telling you from my experience on the uh, Thursday of that weekend, so... It was uh it was a lot of a lot of fun for anybody that did show up to it. And um follow a lot of my updates on Twitter at Ed Easton Jr. I have plenty on it as well as on Instagram. So it's um it's definitely worth checking out the basketball tournament. And I'm I'm gonna go a little bit deeper into it soon in the show. But uh I've been rambling long enough. I'm gonna go to a quick break. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. Here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio.
this weekend sounds, I wanted to make sure, you know, we really addressed this whole Michael Vick situation and what he said on uh, Speak for Yourself. I'm going to play back the clip and just, uh, you know, I want people to really hear, like, the conversation with him, with Whitlock, and make the decision for yourself. Do you feel like he was being led on or do you feel like he was um just coming out here and just talking? Because it's such a bizarre comment for a guy like Vic who's been through so much in the NFL to uh, talk about Kaepernick and and remember, once again, Kaepernick is still not signed by any teams, and yet there's a lot of subpar quarterbacks that do have jobs. So we're gonna, I'm going to definitely play that. And uh, also, Tim Hardaway Jr. Yes, Tim Hardaway Jr., everyone. He signed the big contract with the Knicks. The Atlanta Hawks did not match. He had a press conference about it. So uh, I'm going to play his press conference and just some of his uh, answers to what he plans to bring to the Knicks. And especially now because Carmelo Anthony has put out that he does not want to return to New York. I know there was this whole thing about maybe he could come back after the hiring of Perry as the GM. But uh, apparently he still wants to be traded. That's still on the table. Knicks do not want to buy him out. Because at the end of the day, if the Knicks were to buy out, Carmelo Anthony would owe him, I believe, over $50 million. Yes, $50 million. That is... That's a lot to just pay a guy to go away. I mean, they had to pay Phil Jackson to go away. But for Melo, I think there was a time the Knicks were thinking, hey, maybe it's just cheaper to, to keep him, you know? But uh, apparently Melo refuses to play for the Knicks. So the circus continues. Uh, like I said, hey, look, I'm a Knicks fan, as probably many other people here are, whether you're listening in Brooklyn or not or in uh, different parts of New York or wherever. It's very difficult to put in perspective what Knicks fans have to deal with because you don't know what type of team you have. Carmelo Anthony doesn't want to be there. What type of talent can you get for him? Who really wants it because Phil Jackson has put down his trade value? It's just a lot of questions. Uh, A lot of questions as to what type of player Carmelo Anthony could be. I don't know, but uh, we're going to play Tim Hardaway Jr., his thoughts on becoming a Nick, because that's what is going to happen. He's probably going to be the guy there. Um, I don't know if they're going to start him at small forward or shooting guard, assuming that Melo is uh, dealt away before the season starts. I think that's going to be interesting. His defense, you know, his uh, upgrades in regards to that. Uh, He spent time in Atlanta last season. And had a breakout year. You know, I wrote a lot about it on Hoops Habit. So if you haven't had a chance to check it out, go to HoopsHabit.com. I do break down Tim Hardaway and the goals he has for next season. And last, but definitely definitely not least, I said I was going to play that audio from Peyton Manning. uh, Pretty much torching Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant's reaction was priceless. So I'm going to play that clip a little bit later. And uh, there's going to be plenty more of the show to go along. Uh, including more about the basketball tournament. Once again, check out the basketball tournament. It's a uh, it, it's a great thing they're doing with guys that are fighting for an opportunity to play in the NBA or if they're going to play in the Gatorade League. So I got some clips and some sounds from that. But first, once again, this is This Week in Sounds. You're listening to Sports Social with Eddie C. Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. Mike, you went through a situation where, for lack of a better word, toxic, coming out of prison, a lot of controversy around you because of the dog fighting deal. Tony Dungy wrapped his arms around you and helped get you back into the NFL. That's what I want to see from Colin Kaepernick, a football person, him get involved with. And I think he needs to actually talk and put his name on what he feels about the NFL and wanting to play. I think he needs to speak for himself. I think he really does. The first thing we got to get Colin to do is cut his hair. You know, I mean, <laughs> listen, I'm not up here to try to be politically correct, but, you know, even if he puts cornrows in it, I don't think he should represent himself, you know, in that way in terms of, you know, just the hairstyle. Just go clean cut. You know, why not? You know, you're already dealing with a lot, a lot of controversy surrounding this issue. Um, 
That's a and fascinating thing to hear you say, Mike. That he needs to do is, you know, just try to be presentable. I mean, look, so all the social media stuff that he's doing, look, we, we get it. We understand it. It's time for, you know, Collins to step up in a different way. And, you know, I think primarily the reason why he's not signed to a team right now is because of the last two seasons and, and not being as productive as everybody, you know, Let me just ask you a question because I, I kind of chuckled when you said he had cut his hair because I just thought you didn't like the hairstyle. But you're actually you're actually saying that it represents think, something. Yeah, I just think perception and image is everything. And. Listen, it's not the Colin Kaepernick that we know, we've known, you know, since he entered the National Football League. And I'm just going off my personal experiences, but listen, I love the guy to death, you know, but I want him to also succeed on and off the field. And this has to be a start for him. We got Michael Vick here who had to struggle getting back into the NFL. You had an image problem. Yeah. And you were a guy that wore cornrows, wore the gold chains, played the whole hip-hop image. Afro at times. Even during the tough times, you know, it was something that people was, would whisper in my ear. You know, this is the way you're being perceived. But that wasn't me as a person. You know, I understand Colin, you know, he's a great kid. Yeah, he is. He is a great kid. And the reason he's not playing, it has nothing to do with, you know, the national anthem. I think it's more solely on his play. But, yeah, I mean, everything takes precedent, you know, in terms of image, perception. You know, you got to clean it up. You got to make sure you do it all right. I can see people's heads exploding over social media right now. Michael Vick says Colin Kaepernick needs to cut. To cut. Thank you. I'm always be honest. Th and give the man the advice he yeah. needs to go back and get his money. Because that's what I would money. tell Colin if we were sitting face to face and, you know, he wanted some advice from me or if he asked me what do I, what do I think. That's what those are the words that may come out of my mouth in a different sense. What would you say to people? Oh, so he's got to sell out to get back in the NFL. He can't keep no, it real. It's, it's not about selling out. When you're good and you're playing great, then you're going to be wanted. People are going to want to, you know, sign you. They're going to want to see you play. They want to see everything that you have to give, you know, in, in regards to him just not being signed right now. It, it has to do with the production over the last couple of years, and I continue to say that. People were whispering in your ear that you needed to change your appearance when Absolutely. you were, and you wouldn't hear them at that time? I didn't listen until the end, until I was going through the turmoil and the hardships, and it was mm -hmm. very difficult. And then I started to see what was most important, and that was you know, cleaning up, you know, changing my image, not just for public perception, but for the judge and what, what, you know, everything that I was you know, about to you know, get involved in. So you know, it was a difficult process. And it was one that I didn't like, but it was one that I had to accept. If, if you look at yourself now, you look at Michael Vick back when he came in compared to, to what you've been through and where you are now. What, what, like, what would you say to that kid? My decision making is different. And that's the part that I always wanted to work on in, in terms of bettering myself as a person. I knew at the end of the day. I can go 23 hours out of the day and make all the right decisions. And then in the last hour, I can screw it up. And that's, those are things that, you know, as a young guy, you don't get, you don't understand. And in reference to Zeke and his situation, I love the kid so much and I appreciate what he do for the game of football. And I don't, I don't want to see him to continue to go through this. That's why I say you may need a life coach, somebody to be there on call to help him, you know, not have to go through these situations that's going to be detrimental to his career. How might you think this opportunity would be different from the last time we were here? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, was, I have, we have a younger core now, so uh, I think I'm. I mean, I'm not the youngest anymore uh, on the team. Uh, one of the veterans, I'm. I would be able to, you know, give them advice, help them on and off the court, make sure they're they become better ball players and uh, just like myself. And then you know, it's gonna be a grind. It's gonna be a grind and. Like I said, we're all ready for the challenge. Tim, did this all take you by surprise? Did it happen quickly? No, no. You could take us through it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was just uh, you know, it just kind of happened out of nowhere. And uh, uh, to be honest, the last place I expected. But you know, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. So, um, with that being said, let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm happy to be back. I'm ready to be a part of this. And you know. You know, it's just very overwhelming right now. You played with Melo. Can you see him? Would you like him to be on this team? Hell yeah, I would love him to be on this team. <laughs> uh, he's a, 
you know, he's a, a great veteran to have. Uh, I learned a lot from him uh, when I was a rookie. And just having another scorer out there on the floor and, and a guy that could lead you to a win and, or get any shot that he can, uh, it means a lot. Uh, you need that in this league. And, and uh, with him on the team, it would really help us out. Have you spoken to Melo since you resigned? Not resigning, but I've definitely been here in, uh, during the summer and on off season. And I worked out with him a couple of times. He looks great. I mean, really in great shape. And and uh, and yeah, that's that's really about it. And what do you think of KP's game and how you guys will work together? I think we will work terrific together. And uh, you know, he likes to get up and down, shoot the three ball. You know, run to the lane, a lob threat. You know. Good, great defensively, uh, uh, really going to help us out on that end of the floor. And and uh, just to uh, have us both young guys, you know, running up and down, you know, electrifying everybody and giving that energy, I think it's going to be big for us. You know the next step of rookie point guard, you ready to lead him and ready to show him the ropes? Yeah, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready to lead him. Uh, you know, uh, I don't even think he understands what it is to be a Nick right now. And, uh, uh, He's going to get a taste of that this season, and, and I know he's ready. I know he's hungry, and, and uh, yeah, just got to go out there and compete, man. You got to go out there and play hard on both ends of the floor. That's what the fans want to see. They want to see you play hard. They want you to see you have that confidence out there, and, and they want you to win, and that's the main priority is winning. Speaking of being a Nick, what does that really mean to you, Tim? It means the world. Uh, it's the first team that ever gave me an opportunity to play in this league. Uh, it's very rare for someone to leave a team and then come back, and and uh, you know I'm definitely gonna make the most of it. It's definitely a priority just to show everybody that I am a changed person. I am a more confident guy out there on the floor and more mature now, ready to do whatever I can to help the team win. And and uh, and uh, just taking on a, a bigger role now, being a vet, it's uh it's special, and you can't go wrong with playing in the mecca. Nasty's team was so dominant that Kevin Durant told me he wants to play for them next year. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, I don't think he'd start for that team, Kevin. Yeah. Russell Westbrook, what do you think?
thank everybody once again for listening to today's show and to remind them if you want more information go to keeping it real sports.com sports and you know as always check out brooklyn free speech radio because we got plenty of great shows on there so uh definitely be on the lookout for not just this show but more shows that are going to be on the hd channel so uh check your local listings for that that's on your tv screens in brooklyn you want to check us out for that and as always, hit me up on Twitter at Ed Easton Jr. or Instagram once again at Ed Easton Jr. And uh, shoot me a line. Let me know what you think about the show. Do you want to hear different topics? You have a guy that you want me to interview that's realistic, you know? Or do you want to be interviewed and you have a connection with sports? This is what it's all about. This is the form. This is what Sports Social is. So until next time, my name is Ed Easton Jr. and this has been Sports Social. Thank you.